Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 82 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and today, Friday, actually, June 12th, I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How you doing, man? I'm great. Uh, I think I'm done choking on the subway I just ate. Um, we're back after two weeks. Last weekend, it, I think it was just hot and dark in your apartment. You live in a cave. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we just didn't have energy. And we got through like half the recording. And then we kind of paused for bathroom breaks. And we're like, that was shit. Yeah, so that was not, that was we, not um, it. Yeah. We didn't want to put that out there. Um, so I am caffeinated as fuck. Nice. Right now. <laughs> Like, I'm I'm feeling great, and I went to the gym, and I realized like three months of not going to the gym and being quarantined and having DoorDash kicked it right in the ass. Oh, it sucks. So I'm like sweating balls right now. Like (laughs) I'm ready to go. Like it's Friday. We got a packed agenda too. Just to you know, kind of piggyback on what Ryan was saying last weekend. Friend of the show, co-creator and co-host of the Young Nostalgia Podcast, Nolan did his first ever stream on Mixer. He was streaming Star Wars Battlefront 2. Ryan and I were not going to miss that for the world. We want to be out there to support him in the otaku hood. So that's why we punted the podcast Sunday. Yep. And that led, up, led to the low energy levels. And we said, you know what? Forget this. We'll come back next week. And it was for the best because Sony came back. Of course, two weeks ago, they were supposed to do the PlayStation conference for the PlayStation 5, yep. revealing that system. And then the world continued to go down the crapper. Things, it's been a rough year. It's been least. a really rough year. A lot of social unrest. They rightfully so punted that a couple weeks, and we got that cup literally yesterday. So Ryan yeah. and I are still riding the hype waves of that. So we got to discuss that. We're going to punt the college episode probably till next week. Yeah. Actually, it's two weeks because Last of Us 2 comes out well, next week. I think we can have an episode with more than just like ranting with The Last of Us because I don't know how much time we're going to have to play The Last of I'm Us. I'm beating it that night. What? Hmm? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to condense 20 hours into six hours. I can do it. Yeah. No, I think we can do like the first half being The Last of Us and the mm-hmm. second half being college. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. It'll we'll be see good how times. long it goes and we can always just drag a clip to another week. Yeah. But, uh, but today is a packed episode. We got yeah. the PlayStation 5 reveal to talk about in the back half of the show. But as usual, we have to kick off the show talking about the games that we have been playing recently because... I know I've been playing some great stuff the past two weeks. Ryan, what have you been playing the past two weeks? Well, (laughs) Dark Souls, um, a little bit. Um, So in the time since our last recording, I ended up getting the Lord of the Rings um, trophy. So collecting all rings in New Game, New Game Plus, and New Game Plus 2. Okay. Um, So I am at 97%, and I have everything to get the Platinum. Um, So that's a good time. I basically Platinum. Dark Souls 3, so I'm really happy about that. Good for you, man. Um, yeah, High accomplishments. Five. I can put that on a resume. Oh, yeah. Um, and then played some other games. It got some more Platinums based off of your recommendations. Hell yes. Enlighten the listeners, Ryan. I got what? Random Knight Heroes? It's Peasant Knight. Sure. Yeah, I platinum that one. <laughs> so there's two. I'm mixing up. It was like, was it normal heroes? All right, let's talk about one, then we'll talk about the okay, other. Okay, so Peasant Knights... Basically, it pushes you forward. 
um, or you're continuously running and you can kind of stop yourself and you basically have to jump to a portal to go to the next level. Yeah, it's an endless runner 2D platformer with all kinds of twists and tricks to kind of obstruct your progression. It's yeah, that's, that's actually partially the reason we didn't record last Saturday too is because we were going to record and then you're like, hey, I couldn't beat this level and I gave it a try and then I was obsessed. Um, so then we pushed it back. But... Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I ended up beating that one after we grounded out for like an hour or two mm-hmm. in like 40 minutes. It was it was great. And then the other one was what, normal? Random Heroes. Random Heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one was a ton of fun. Yeah. Basically, you get a bunch of heroes and you try to three-star. These are like little obstacle courses. Then you get a star for not taking damage, um, for killing all the enemies and collecting all the coins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like this yeah. 2D platforming level where you have an arsenal of weapons, primarily guns, and as you collect coins by killing these enemies that are like preset, they have these preset routes running across the levels, and it's a really short level. I mean, if, they, if you were trying to speedrun this without going for 100%, you could go through each of these levels in like 30 seconds because you would just run from one end of the map to the other map, the other end of the map, and get through this door. You immediately seamlessly progress to the next level. But the, the, the main point of the game, if you want to get the Platinum Trophy, which you can do in probably about an hour and a half, two hours, is really getting all three stars. And all three stars are a matter of never being hit, killing all the enemies, and collecting all the coins there are to offer on the level. Yeah. And as you do that, you unlock new costumes of like a pirate, a clown, Benjamin Franklin, all these wacky little costumes that you can outfit your character, and then you unlock new guns... Uh, as you well, you can buy new guns and unlock them with the money that you accrue. Yeah. Killing. So for the uh, platinum trophy, you need the first three worlds, and there's ten, uh, I guess, levels per world. Mm-hmm. And to unlock the required stars for the platinum trophies, eighty-four to unlock the final hero. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not terribly hard. You just have to play through the basically three star, the first most of the first three worlds. Yeah. Which is it was a ton of fun. I'm glad you played um, it. There's still six more worlds after you get the platinum. Hell no, um, not for me. I am definitely going to continue. Um, the music is amazing. Great soundtrack. Yeah, actually very surprising for a game that seems to be super kind of just underground indie yeah. platformer. Like you would think no one would ever find this game. And if you did, it would have a very lazy, put, lazily put together soundtrack. And it has this amazing chiptune, almost 16-bit style Super Nintendo soundtrack that's super catchy. Yeah. And the game style is just beautiful too. I, yeah. I really like the old, what, 16-bit Yeah, style 16-bit aesthetic. Platformer. It looks really great. It kind of reminds me of almost a Streets of Rage type game that you'd see on the Genesis. Um, but again, that soundtrack is just a banger, man. Yeah, it was great. Um, and then what else did I play? I played a little bit more Pokemon. I went from 72 left two weeks ago to now 51. Wow. Making some serious progress. So I, I check basically every day, every other day, Mm -hmm. um, just scroll through the remaining, um, I'll eventually finish. I think in my Pokebank subscription i have like 100 days left well what we were talking about too uh for the 100th episode of the otaku village podcast we're actually going to do a live stream and we're really not going to talk about anything what we're going to do is actually hold and capture card ryan's 3ds and just walk through every single shiny pokemon 721 i think it's gonna be thrilling i think you should invite your friends invite your grandparents it's (laughs) really going to be we're going to release 720 unique shinies. (laughs) it's going to be a day to remember folks so definitely mark your calendars yeah 
if we get zero views, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. Me no, I. It's a goal that I'm excited to finish, um, to check it off, and then I, I probably won't play Pokemon again. I don't blame and, you, unless, not for the lack of enjoying Pokemon, but for the lack of innovation to the uh, series. Yeah. So, um, hopefully they change up the, the series and kind of their formula, but. Yeah, I'm ready to finish that 720. Good for you, man. I'll be proud of you when that happens. Dude, I think my parents will they will be proud, too. <laughs> they'll <laughs> finally sure. accept me as their son. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, let's see. We both got Xenoblade. Yes, we did. Yeah. So how are you liking it so far? I love this game. You know, I talked about it a few weeks ago, and I'd be re- remiss not to say that I was hesitant buying it because I look at these gargantuan-type games like Xenoblade Chronicles and even something like Final Fantasy XV or going back and replaying a game like Final Fantasy XII or X. And I know that the how-long-to-beat time is 60, 80, 100-plus hours. And I'm going to actually talk about this because I'm going to revive my YouTube channel this weekend, which should be fun. But I'm going to talk about Animal Crossing and how I so effortlessly put 105 hours into Animal Crossing over the course of like two to three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but then I look at an RPG like Xenoblade, I'm like, no, nah, I don't know if I have the time for that. But I'm so thankful that I did, and I finally popped it in my Switch. I'm over 20 hours in right now, episode eight, I think. Oh, shit. You're the story. than I am now. Oh, yeah, dude. I've been playing it all week, nonstop. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm in a- madly in love with it because... If I could subtitle Xenoblade Chronicles, I wouldn't call it Definitive Edition. I would call it Quality of Life RPG. And I mean that in the most wow. sincerest of ways. Because you look at the things that, for me personally, just tick me off because I feel like it wastes my time. Yeah. And in Xenoblade Chronicles, I think it does it best. I fast travel to a location instantaneous. For like 75% of the side quests... I go, I kill a bunch of monsters, I immediately set, get the satisfaction of it saying, quest quest completed, I get the experience points and the associated money to reward me for my time. I don't yep. have to trek back to the original location or the quest person to say like, hey, I killed the monsters you wanted me to. I'm just immediately rewarded. And I think that in today's day and age, I don't want to say it's a requirement because some people will say, oh, you lose the sense of discovery of going back to the person that gave you the quest and you you discover new areas of the map you wouldn't once see. But for me, no, because I'm already, because the map is shaded in gray until you walk across the entire map and discover it for yourself. I'm already doing that. So I don't want the added nausea of going back to the original town where the person gave me the quest. I can just go around the town because there's exclamation points over all the NPCs that have a quest for you. They say, hey, I want you to do this. I just load up my quest meter with all these quests and then I just run out to the wild and complete these quests, killing monsters or gathering materials. And another thing I love is the the few instances where they say like, hey, you actually need to get this item and bring it back to the person. I do that and let's just say there was one instance where this lady had a watch that she needed repaired. So I went to the repair shop, got it repaired, and there's a day-night cycle in this game. So it went to night or day or whatever it was, and I went back to the spawn location of this lady, and she wasn't there anymore. Well, you can also fast-forward time with no penalty, so I just fast-forwarded time to when she would be there again, immediately finished the quest. Yeah, that's really nice. And I think for that, that's like one of the biggest components of the game for me that is really moving this up to a potential game of the year contender. Oh, wow. Because a lot of the quality of life things, it's respecting my time, but also 
If I want that added additional challenge, I can because I can bump up the difficulty setting at any time. And the music is absolutely phenomenal. I do want to play a piece real quick in a minute here. And then the one piece that I was probably worried the most about when I went into this because I talked to so many people that sang the game's praises back on the Wii days when it was originally released for that console. And they said, I love exploring the world. The story's great. The music's phenomenal. The one thing I can't get my head around is the combat. And I'm thinking, okay, this is coming from a guy who adores the game Final Fantasy XIII. Again, many people, yeah, they criticized the linearity, but they also criticized the combat system, the paradigm system. So I'm like, I've gotten around, you know, um, combat systems that the mass, the, the masses didn't like, you know? Mm-hmm. And as I started playing this game... I got into combat and you have this hot meter at the bottom where you issue these different commands, these different attacks, buffs, debuffs, you cast healing spells, and it immediately reminded of the magical 50 hours I put into Lord of the Rings Online last year, where it's very MMO-esque. And for me personally, I don't mind that at all. I'll throw on a podcast, I'll throw on whatever on my computer just to listen to a YouTube video, man, and I'll just run through the wild beautiful lush environments that honestly remind me the scale is like breath of the wild it's astounding some of these environments especially the definitive edition and comparing it back to the Mm -hmm. wii version i mean it's just breathtakingly beautiful stunning i love it and i'm just having the time of my life ryan i'm glad i'm glad you really you got into it i'm surprised to hear you're in chapter eight oh yeah (laughs) holy crap i um I, yeah, I really enjoyed the updated kind of process requests because there they are some of them really small quests, kill these monsters and collect their items. Um, and like my thing is I generally like to grab all the quests and then like unlock all the map. Yeah, yeah. That's generally how I do uh, like these JRPGs. I like to explore the entire map even though I'm going to get fucked up in some areas. Cause oh, yeah. Like level 76 dudes randomly in like a level 12 a- area. Oh, yeah. But... I like to explore and see what items are on the ground and kind of, I just like to see the map. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like, half the fun of Skyrim was not even doing the main quest. It was just like exploring the world. And it's very much the same way. The environments are huge. Um, so I'm really enjoying it. Are you paying attention to the story? You're not usually a story person, but... Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, you kind of dig high level into this story, and it's like the these two gargantuan titans have this battle, this war. They war it out in the beginning of the game. They get frozen in time, and then life eventually, I don't even know, cohabitates the backs of these crazy titans. Yeah. And that's kind of the high level thing and then you enter the Bionis and the Myconis and the Myonis and you have the Monado blade to save the world and <laughs> yeah. you know you get in the minutia and it sounds ridiculous. I think yeah. the characters themselves shulk. There's a little dude named Juju, Ryan. I think if you just pay attention to their character relations and interactions and the dialogue they have with one another, I like that stuff. But it's kind of like Final Fantasy 13 that I felt like that game's story was the sum of it were, were greater than the whole. They, they, a lot of times okay. people say it's greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. I feel like the sum of that game was better because I enjoyed these small emotional moments where Saz and Lightning were talking about his son, his motivations for fighting, as opposed to this crazy-ass story between the, um, 
the LC and the La C and the Foul C. Like that stuff to me was way, <laughs> way over my head. JRPG it, names are ridiculous. It's crazy. But I think if you really just kind of pay attention to the smaller stuff, that's what I appreciate more. Okay. Yeah. I'm paying more attention to the minutia of the story. I think you missed one of the like key pl- like instigating events in the beginning when we were throwing the football. I thought some lady like died, or I thought she was alive still. She just got whacked away, but that was like Shulk's main motivation for wanting to... Yeah, I was to- like, you're going on this journey to seek revenge on like a faced robot because your friend died. And you're like, no, like she's just chilling back at home. I was like, you see like a bloody claw of this dude who impaled her. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'd be dead too. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like... I'm like, that's literally why you left your town to go seek revenge. Ah, uh, whatever. But yeah, yeah, I mean, like, the just details. a small detail. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, overall, I'm really enjoying my time. I said this game, I'd kind of piece that out over the course of the rest of the year. I think that's probably still true because we have a lot of great games on the near horizon, especially with Last of Us Part 2 next week. Yeah. Goes to Tsushima just a month later. And SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom, the Rehydrated Edition, that 3D platformer. Yeah. I'll be getting that at the end of month as well. So that's what I was messing up. Last recording was I was thinking that the Ninja game came out at the end of this month, but it was actually SpongeBob. Okay, so, I mean close comparison. Oh, yeah. Ninjas and SpongeBob, but yeah. So I'll be balancing my time across a number of games, but I think certainly during my downtime or trying to come down from the emotional highs of Last of Us Part Two, I'll be pumping yeah. a lot of time into Xenoblade Chronicles, but. One thing I did want to showcase here, as I typically do on the Otaku Brothers podcast, is the music for the games that I'm playing. And oddly enough, you know, I'm sitting here playing on the big screen with my pro controller, and obviously the music's playing on the the big screen, and Lauren walks by, and she's just like, that really sounds like the Kingdom Hearts music. And I'm like, yeah, right? It sounds so similar to just walking around the walking around the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 in both Traverse Town and Twilight Town, respectively. And I was just thinking, man, this this is oddly, eerily similar. And I, finally, I'm, I have to look this up because I'm sorry, Chronolink 9-1, I don't have the composer of the Kingdom Hearts games memorized. But funnily enough, it is the same composer of the Kingdom Hearts games that has done Xenoblade Chronicles, Yoko Shimomura. And so what I want to play is just a quick little bit from... Colony 9, which I would say is kind of the Traverse Town equivalent. It's kind of the first main hub area where you're introduced to a number of NPCs. You can get a number of side quests. That's where you get the Monado Blade, mm-hmm. all of that good stuff. So I just want to do a quick little sample of that. So enjoy this sweet sound of Colony 9. So just playing that on loop as you're going through long grinding session of leveling up your characters just makes for a really satisfying evening. 
Yeah, it definitely reminds me of some of the towns in Octopath as well. Oh, yeah. I see yeah. the resemblance. Yeah. So, I, I mean, JRPGs have some of the greatest music. They really do. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm looking forward to spending more time with Xenoblade in the very near future. Very nice. Yeah. I'll probably have to play that tonight after we get done recording. Well, and I hesitated saying what chapter where I was in the game because I know you have this sense of like obligation where you need to like keep up to date. Take your time with it. Don't worry about no, who I'll, finishes I'll it first. No, I'll definitely chill. I, um, I don't know what I was feeling this week. Um, it, it was just kind of a weird week for me. I also started a Soul Level 1 run on Dark Souls 3, which is, if the games of Dark Souls are stressful enough, Soul Level 1, like beating the entire game, only like leveling up your sword, mm-hmm. is rough. Yeah. So I'm kind of at a, a two brick walls. The Dancer at Level 1, which sucks ass, and then uh, Pontiff Sullivan. Oh, so like spinny, yeah. like fire purple blade guy. Mm-hmm. Which you can parry him and just kind of make him your bitch. But I think I died like 20 times trying to get one parry and I, I just couldn't. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to just Pokemon, I guess. It's my yeah. happy place. Yeah. But no, I, I'm excited to get back into Xenoblade. Good stuff, man. Yeah. We'll talk about it, I'm sure, a lot more over the very coming weeks. Yeah, stay tuned. But one other game I started this week, Ryan, that I do want to talk about is something that was on the top of the charts last year for Game of the Year. Didn't end up winning in most publications, but it did for some. And that is Death Stranding. Yeah. A Hideo Kojima project that when we saw it revealed at E3 many moons ago, it was kind of like this mind F moment. Like, what in the world? Norman Reedus gives birth to this wacky baby, and there are these crazy-ass alien creatures in the sky floating. Like, what is going on? Yeah. I mean, we're what? Like... 10 hours in we're still asking that same question we are we are um but what i want to talk about i made this comparison a couple weeks ago that i actually compared kingdom come deliverance with demon souls because of its kind of cult following and potential um legacy years later but i think death stranding truly embodies the comparison to demon souls not because they're similar in style, but like in their amazing game design, execution, and what it, it really proves. And that's that it can be a hardcore game that doesn't need to like compromise for some illusionary, wider target demographic. Kojima clearly had a vision with this, as he typically does with the Metal yeah. Gear games. And I think it's executed incredibly well. I just wrapped up chapter two or episode two, maybe halfway through episode three, and it's one of the most unique gaming experiences I've ever had. Is it for everyone? Absolutely not. But I think if you give the game some time and have the patience to get through the first two episodes, I think you are rewarded with, again, one of the most unique satisfying gaming experiences I've had in a long time. And what do I mean by that? I mean that, yes, you are trekking thousands of kilometers across the United States to deliver these packages in this post-apocalyptic, wacky environment playing as Norman Reedus. His name is... What the hell is his name in the game? Uh, Dude, I was just screwing up. Sam. So his name is Is Sam. Sam? Yeah, his name is Sam. Uh, So yeah, you play as Norman Reedus exploring this post-apocalyptic environment. But what I think I like about this game most is 
one of its biggest criticisms is when you come into contact with these BTs, this mysterious, invisible enemy that really reminds me of like the Xenomorphs from the Alien series, these crazy aliens that you see their footprints walking through the mud, but you don't actually see them unless you use this weirdo technology thing that scans the environment and you have this wally looking little thing that pops itself up like this little antenna that kind of warns you when these things are near you go through these environments where the bts appear and it's anxiety inducing it's crazy it's freaky it has horror elements but if you take those moments especially towards the end of episode two this is when i finally got over that hump of annoyance and it became more of a risk patience reward where you're trekking up this crazy ass mountain it's almost like the dementors show up when everything goes cold because you see all the plant life's decaying as these bts appear and you kind of can hold your breath because they can hear you it's almost like the movie the quiet place where they sense you by your movement Mm -hmm. and you're obviously you're breathing. So you hold your breath and you kneel and you kind of play it. It's almost becomes a stealth game at this point. And if you can get past them, there's just this overwhelming sense of accomplishment because you pass the BTs, you trek up this mountain. And just as you go across this cliffside, it's almost as if a trophy spawns because this synth indie rock song will play it even credits the artist and the song name in the bottom corner and it's just this typically this magical song that's so seamlessly blended into the game that seems so natural but when you think of like a song that you'd play in this key moment you think of some wild orchestral soundtrack but it's not these are actual indie synth rock songs that are out there not recorded specifically for the game uh, necessarily in some instances they are uh, most of the time I would say they're not and it's just so seamlessly blended into this ridiculous game and at the episode two uh, the end of episode two again you track over this cliffside you see this city in the distance and that's kind of this gameplay loop right you pass these bts and when you do you kind of see this city this warehouse this facility in the distance that's where you have to deliver these packages and when you do that and this song plays Everything in the world seems okay, and I kind of like it. Yeah, is it gonna be game of the year for me? Probably not. Soundtrack I need of the year. Soundtrack of the year, probably. I'm, well, no, it's gonna have to compete with Xenoblade Chronicles, but That's it's certainly up there for different reasons, right? Because Xenoblade, it's this epic RPG where you have an orchestral soundtrack. Where this game has it, it, it blends music we'd hear in the radio. You wouldn't hear Xenoblade Chronicles music on the radio unless you're a crazy person. And <laughs> yeah, I don't anime radio. I don't know what radio Japan. system you're he- listening to, but uh, yeah, I like the game. It's definitely out there. It's weird. It's not for everyone, but it's it's hitting the right notes for me. Good. Uh, yeah, I didn't know when you would start playing this one because it's a very, like you said, it's a, it's a niche market for the game, and yeah. it's a very you have to be in the mood, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we've been discussing this week on your dog dog walks because i've been watching you play it and you definitely have to be in the mood for like hey let's walk through a canyon full of ghosts yeah dead people yeah i uh it's entertaining it's entertaining beautiful for sure it's it's very yeah it looks really really nice great draw distances 
Character movement can be a little walky and janky at times. Um, the combat you said was a little weird with the punching. Yeah, and- yeah. I, I mean, this is a game where I'd say it's greater than the sum of its parts, yeah. right? Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. there are some things in the game like... We had to use it once. <laughs> combat, character movement, things like that can be a little wonky. But I think the story, the way it's delivered, the slow burn, it's really pretty something special. Yeah, I like the world. Um, it's really unique lore. Yeah. Um, and then I, I'm curious to see, I mean, cause we're only on chap like halfway through chapter two mm-hmm. and there's like 17 chapters. We finished episode two. We're in three now, but yeah, three. but yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I'm hoping because episode two went on forever. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I went from one side of the map to the next back again and then back to this other trek to the West coast and it just went on forever. I hope some of these episodes are quick, right? You know, you Get, you deliver one package and you fight a boss and it kind of just because essentially like you're delivering these packages to loop this network to kind of like connect the fractured united states mm-hmm. um so i'm curious once you get to like california or what's left of california what's gonna happen yeah that's kind of my driving like what the hell's gonna happen i'm not really good at playing horror games so i, I more enjoy watching you play like resident evil or death stranding is a good one yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I it's tough to say where it's going to come in my game of the year list, but right now I'm liking it. I'll leave it Good. at that. Yeah. So more to come on that. It's going to be tough because it's not like Xenoblade where I really just I'm working throughout the day and I'm thinking about the game. I want to go back. Death Stranding is one of those games where I'm not really in the mood, but once I start playing, I'm immersed. I want to keep playing. Yeah. So it's just a matter of putting in the disc and booting the game up and going. So we'll see with the games on the horizon. I hope I can come back to it soon and get really invested and kind of play it to completion. Mm-hmm. I'll certainly beat it before the end of the year. Good. So, yeah. but uh, that's really only games we've been playing this week. Yeah. So time for questions. We do. So we got a question. You can write into the show at Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com you can send us an audio question or you can write in a question for the show whether you're asking us a specific pointed question or you have suggestions for future show topics anything that makes the show better we love it all but our good friend blink sent in a question an audio question actually and i will go ahead and play that right now he says audio question it's not related to college life because this is when we were still hyping up the college episode but still curious to hear your thoughts thanks Love, Blink. Oh. Hey, Rusty and Ryan. It is Blink, or Blinkoom, depending on where on the internet you find me. (laughs) But I decided I'd write in with an audio question. I guess you don't write in an audio question. You record one. But (laughs) anyways, so coming up after this next week, so starting the week of June 14th, I have two weeks off of work, and I don't have anything planned. Uh, My partner isn't taking time off. It just so happened that I was approaching my vacation max and needed to take some time. So I really have two weeks to just do whatever I want. And I do have some games that I plan on getting through. Um, I'm like halfway through Final Fantasy VII Remake. I want to start Trials of Mana HD, things like that. But I figure I have these two weeks. I should kind of dig into the backlog of gaming projects that I feel like I've wanted to do for a while, but I just haven't had time for. Or work felt like was sort of blocking me from doing and so i think i'm going to learn another speed run i don't know which game yet but there's a couple that i'm kicking around mm-hmm. uh, and i was also tossing around the idea of 
Twitch streaming a little bit each day just to, to try it out, see how it feels. Oh, hell yes. I've done Twitch streaming before, but nothing like regular or consistent. And so my question for the two of you awesome dudes <laughs> is what's something video game related that's sort of always been in the back of your mind as a fun project or a to-do, but you just haven't had the time for? Uh, if you had the same two weeks and wanted to, to dig into your project backlog, what would it be? You know, is it streaming? Is it YouTube? Is it uh, organizing and putting together your game collection in a certain way? Um, is it just going through an entire series? You know, what 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 gaming project sounds fun to you? Maybe you'll give me some good ideas. Anyways, love the podcast. Obviously, you are both awesome. I uh, appreciate you taking the time, and I hope you have an absolutely incredible day. Thanks. Thanks, man. You're the man, Blank. I love the question. It's a really good one. It's interesting. In my goodness, I feel like I could take this in so many different directions. Ryan, anything really top of mind? You got something ready? Well, I mean, I had three weeks off for furlough. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we went through, I went through the entire series of Dark Souls, which is, he mentioned series. Yeah, um, it's true. I also put like 250 hours into Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. And one of my goals on that, which, I mean, as stupid as collecting all shiny pokemon was and is currently um i want to complete the catalog of animal crossings kind of like what i can order mm-hmm. um it's something that i couldn't complete on the 3ds um but it's i mean the switch game is amazing and i could put a ton of hours in i also still have to collect all the fish for this month um it's one of those games that i mean you can visually see your progress on like I mean, the aquarium in that game is beautiful. So yeah. being able to finally complete that in like, I think you can complete that in by August. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be great. That's something I'd work on. Um, I don't know if I could speed run. Um, I think that might ruin some of the games that I really enjoy. I know I tried to see how quick I could be Dark Souls 3. Um, I'm not anywhere close to any records um but i was pretty happy with my time and i did try that for bloodborne as well um i mean if you really want to get crazy i mean ocarina time you could do it like 12 minutes yeah um yeah i would probably just say like something on the switch completing a catalog would probably be my main like route that i'd want to go because then i mean everyone plays animal crossing um, but being able to be like, hey, yeah, I'll order you that thing and help you make your house better, help you make your town better. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy that connectivity of it. The community aspect. Yeah. yeah. That'd be my go-to thing. Good stuff. But yeah. streaming would be fun. Um, I mean, depending, uh, that's kind of our game plan for episode 100. I mean, that could be fun. Yeah. No, you I think I. streaming is probably the biggest thing on my to-do list or gaming bucket list if you will i think i've been wanting to stream since you know it's kind of like things have come full circle you know watching people like pete door he inspired me largely to create a youtube channel as, as a few other folks did as well and when pete started streaming on justin tv back in the day in full transparency i didn't start watching him then it wasn't years later really two years ago when i started following him and i think it's just a, a great uh, new way of connecting with what once was the YouTube gaming community. Obviously, some people still exist there and are creating content, which I think is outstanding. And then Twitch just kind of became this new way of in real time connecting to your audience. And I think that's 
amazing. Again, Ryan and I built this podcast up with the intentions of it being a community focused podcast. And I, I want to, I want that to carry over into the Twitch space for me. I would love to do couch co-op or some type of cooperative experience with Ryan streaming on Twitch. I think that would be so fun. I'd also love to, I recently got a webcam because, um, I'm going to get really technical for a second. Uh, I'm an IT auditor for a company, and I had the opportunity to present at the DevOps Summit. I'm not going to get into what DevOps is, but I was able to present at the DevOps Summit virtually in London. I recorded a presentation, but we don't have Zoom on our corporate devices, so I had to use my personal computer. And as some of you may know, I, I talked about this previously in the podcast, the webcam on my gaming laptop is actually in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen, which is very inconvenient. Yeah. So I bought a webcam uh, based on the recommendation of our friend Nolan, and that's not only going to help me do the presentation, but it's also going to help me revive my YouTube channel and hopefully eventually stream through the PS4, through that feature. Um, so I think that's a big one. And just thinking, you know, I, I can see my, my PS4 library back there. I want something, like the first game I want to stream, I want to be very unique to me. I want it to be something that not only are longtime friends of mine through the YouTube community or even this podcast community going to kind of expect me to stream that because I, I want it to be something that's like, oh yeah, of course Rusty would stream that. It'll be fun, laid back, would be starting up a new file in Kingdom Hearts 1 on the PS4. Yeah. I think that would just be a fun way to kind of get through Destiny Islands, play some of Traverse Town, maybe make it make it to Deep Jungle or Wonderland or Olympus Coliseum and just kind of talking through my original experience playing that game, you know, back when I was 10 years old sitting in the back room at my mom's hair salon on this 15-inch CRTV as I was sucking down a Polar Pop and eating some Wendy's chicken nuggets, you know, and Blink, if I could encourage you to do anything like that, maybe pick up and stream a game that's really has sentimental value to you, a game that you played as a kid, or even if it's something that you played in the past decade that just came at a really special time in your life, whether you're going through a challenging time in your life or a really happy time in your life, but it just really struck a chord with you and you have a good story behind it. Um, Whether you speedrun it or just play it for entertainment, I think that would be really fun because I think that's what can make Twitch so fun is, yeah. you know, you have a story behind the game you're playing and you can kind of connect with your audience members in that regard. So um, it's kind of long winded, but yeah, I would just say Twitch reviving my YouTube channel. And then eventually when I get a house, um, kind of cataloging my collection on a shelf in a way that's just kind of fun, unique and displays some of the highlights of my collection. Nice. Yeah. I don't know if I could ever stream solo. Like I, I, don't, I can't talk. I mean, uh, I mean, I could barely talk on this podcast, but like (laughs) we were watching Nolan's stream and he talked like nonstop, which was great. Like he was asking, like, am I talking too much? I'm like, dude, you're talking like 10 times. Like when I play games. But it was great, though. Yeah, it was great. He had great dialogue with the audience. Yeah. And I'd be like, I generally just get super focused on stuff. So I need you to like yank me out of there and just like, yeah, I give props to anyone who can. I mean, you you have chat and stuff, but continue a conversation when you're the only one in the room. I definitely give that's a unique. See, I think characteristic. Yeah, it's a tough skill set. Yeah, but I think for someone like yourself, that's incredibly. You have a great imagination, and you can yeah. talk about things off the cusp really quickly and easily. 
So if someone presented you a question, you could go on for like 15 minutes talking about that topic. And I think in that regard, you'd be a great Twitch Twitch streamer. It would just be training your mind to making sure that you're looking down and seeing what people are talking about in the chat and keeping track of that in the game. But I think you kind of monologuing your experience playing Dark Souls 3 or Bloodborne, I mean, you do that when you're showing me, hey, this is the route to go to this item or this ring or this bonfire. And so, yeah, in that regard, I think it's actually something you should really consider. Cool. Because you don't need a lot of equipment, relatively inexpensive, and now with the automatic stream button on PS4, it's pretty simple. We'll have to look into that. Okay. <laughs> Tune in next week on Tyler yeah. Brothers. But Blink, once again, want to thank you for the question. Really good one. And I would encourage other people to do something similar. It doesn't have to be long. Send us a quick audio question. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, again, anything that makes the show better, we're all about it. Oh, yeah. But Ryan, one quick thing I do want to mention before we get into the main topic of the show is that The Last of Us Part Two Review Embargo went live last night. And it's getting amazing scores. Currently at a 96 on Metacritic with near perfect 10s across the board. I'm super excited. You excited for this game? I'm really excited. Um, I didn't know with all the craziness on the internet of leaks and just people being, I mean, just the typical internet. Yeah. Where it was going to fall. And I'm I'm really glad when I, um, I forget who posted the original scores of the 10 out of 10 on Discord. Frantic. Yeah, Josh. Yeah. I was really happy to see. I mean, like everything was a 10 silencing the haters and i'm glad that like say what you will there's limited trolling on these scores so Mm -hmm. i'm really excited to see where it falls in my game of the year me too me too man well all right let's let's have some music from the last of us composed by the brilliant gustavo santoalaya take us in to the main topic of the show Ryan, we are in the main topic of the show where we are going to break down yesterday's PlayStation 5 reveal. We went into this with the expectation that it was going to be, because it was marketed as such, the future of gaming. We were told we were going to only see software, they were going to focus on the games, we would see nothing of the console, but boy were we surprised. In my initial takeaway... You know, so much was going on in my mind at the time. I was up late at night just trying to think and process what you and I'd watched because we watched it side by side. Pete was streaming it, so we watched it through his Twitch stream. 
and I just had it all kind of came down to looking back to what Sony did with their PS4 press conference. I think they took an honest, focused look at that reveal, particularly or specifically looking at gameplay of Killzone Shadowfall, quote unquote gameplay, and the glorified tech demo of Capcom's Deep Down that never really came to fruition. Now, I don't know if you recall that that no, press briefing, no, okay? Remember. There was more involved. They showed knack. They showed um, faster load times. They talked about a lot of things, but I think it kind of came down to over-promising and not really delivering. Okay. In that initial launch lineup and wave, right? Mm-hmm. But after this, if I could like use one word to describe that entire presentation, it would just be refreshing. And I use that word because over the course of its one hour and 15 minute presentation, this is crazy people, we saw one sports game in NBA 2K21, two if you include Gran Turismo, one true first person shooter, mind you, that wasn't Killzone or Call of Duty, but instead a brand new IP from Arcane Studios, the developers behind the Dishonored games, and it looked like it beautifully blends gameplay from both Dishonored and Bioshock. I was really over the moon excited about Deathloop. Yeah, is it Deathloop. De- Deathloop, that's the name of it. Yeah, that looks great. And beyond that was just an insane mix of wholly original, new and unique IPs in games like Returnal, which is kind of the live, die, repeat type game in space, kind yeah. of this wild space opera, and Godfall, which looks like this crazy mix between Monster Hunter and Dark Souls, They sprinkled in stunning-looking indie titles like Solar Ash, The Little Devil Inside, which you really liked. And they're reviving old or simply continuing with fan-favorite franchises like Ratchet & Clank, Hitman 3, and Resident Evil 8. I thought it was truly remarkable, a remarkable presentation, and just masterfully paced. Yeah. I mean, I thought... we'll, We'll get into it, Ryan. We just have to break this down. There's so much to unpack here. What are your initial impressions? I had a great time. Um, I didn't really have a bar or expectations of kind of what I wanted. I mean, there's always rumors. Um, but Sony has a good track record. And I figured after the initial I mean, kind of criticism that Microsoft got and then the additional delay of everything that they'd come out with there, just swinging. Yeah. And yeah, the pacing was amazing. I mean, even just introducing, I mean, like, shapes are great. But, like, introducing the main, like, circle, square, X, triangle. The transitions between game yeah, reveals. I mean, the, it was just so sleek. Yeah. And the color combinations, and, I mean, you went from big names, like, starting with Spider-Man, but then you did sprinkle in those indie games, and it didn't, besides maybe one, the pacing didn't feel off it felt really smooth and like they cared about all the games that they're showing and i think one of the and okay so what ryan and i how we kind of structured this conversation we're not going to go through every single title the whole reveals out there hour and 15 minutes you can find it on youtube to watch it all we're not going to go through every single game how we wanted to kind of break down the conversation is coming away from it what was the most surprising moment or most surprising game reveal what are we most excited to play or your game of the show, if you will. Another topic we're going to get to, if everything is at launch, 
every all 21, 23, 24 games that they showed, if they're at launch, which isn't going to be the case, obviously, yeah. but what are the three must-buys coming away from that? And then the final discussion point, this isn't like a fanboyism or anything of the sort, but the conversation needs to be had. The ball is in Microsoft's court. What do they have to pull off to compete with our wallets at this point, right? Yeah. We have to have that conversation. It's a must. But I think just kicking off, starting with what was the most surprising moment game reveal for you during this presentation? Well, I didn't expect to see the console. 100%. I mean, I know that was a, like the last thing that they showed, but they basically said, I mean, I don't know if it's normal misdirection that, hey, we're not doing hardware, we'll do all, like, all games. But like the final when there was like these giant blue ball walls going in and out and it was just forming shapes, I'm like, oh, that, that would be such a cool way to have it kind of rise out and even pete was hyping it up it was so fun to like hear pete narrate what was going on like oh shit this is it this is the moment where they reveal the console yeah it it was a very cool way to have it just rise out Mm -hmm. um say what you will about the design i really like the color combination me too um and I like the option to have digital or have a disk drive phenomenal i mean for them to come out with that is telling of two things. One, the future of gaming is digital. Yeah. I think after the PS5 and, and Series X and the Switch, I don't know if we can keep that in the same conversation because I think that's just a whole different conversation. Yeah, Nintendo's kind of on in their own market. They're doing their own thing, and I love it. But I think for Series X and PS5, the next PS6 and Series X2, whatever it, is, it ends up being, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be purely digital. We've talked about it for over a decade now, like, When's the future of just digital online games? And I think we're on the cusp of that. And it was so cool to see Sony embrace that, but also cater to us who love the physical media. Yeah, I love having kind of my collection of PS4 games. Um, And I think my main concern point that we can address at the end was basically like the cost of online games, like through the store so much the reduction in price goes down a lot slower Mm -hmm. than, say, buy it on Amazon and have it delivered tomorrow. So I think that's my concern point. But I just I love that they ended up showing that. Um, I didn't expect it. I was kind of along the train of they'll use that for the next kind of hype train moving into the fall or end of the summer. Mm -hmm. Be like, oh, hey, we're finally showing this to you along with another bunch of games. Oh, yeah. But no, it was definitely great. Um, I think... I was surprised how many indie games looked good. Oh, yeah. I'm usually a AAA, like, God of War, Horizon. And they showed Horizon, which used to be an indie game. Not indie game, but, like, a new IP. Um, But, I mean, Kino, that one game with the girl with the staff, the little fuzzy black ball guys. Kino, oh my gosh, yeah. Two brothers, they're like, hey, let's just make an awesome-looking game. And it looks beautiful. Um, I can't wait to see more of that game. I think that was my biggest takeaway, and then starting off with two giant AAA, or having two big AAA with Spider-Man and Horizon. Yeah. Two, I didn't expect, I figured at least one, but having both of them was great. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. The, the console reveal for me was certainly very surprising, but I think for me, when I think back about the entirety of that presentation, what was most surprising was how I thought it was going to be a complete and utter flop within the first three minutes. So they're doing the timer, right? They're coming down to it. We're watching Pete hype it up before the press conference. Everyone's making prediction in his chat. 
New Jack and Daxter, New Alt, New Silent Hill, New all kinds of stuff, right? And the first thing they show is Grand Theft Auto V, a game that came out two consoles ago on the PS3. Did it really? Yeah. And so I'm thinking, what on God's green earth are they doing right now? They're showing PS. They're showing Grand Theft Auto V. So what's running through my mind is okay. They're showing Grand Theft Auto V. And then they're going to do one of two things here. They're either going to wipe the screen and show what it looks like on PS5 versus PS4, or they're going to say, like, going back to the roots and they're remaking Grand Theft Auto 3 or Grand Theft Auto Vice City. They're going to do something like that. And there's like, no, 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 no. We're just showing one of our best-selling games ever, one of the best-selling games ever, not just yeah. Sony, all con- across all consoles. And hey, and I didn't even catch this during Pete's stream because I was so just flabbergasted about what was going on. In January of 2021, or early 2021, that's going to be free to all PS5 owners if you have PlayStation Plus. And I thought, cool, that's kind of neat, but um, are we only going to go downhill from here? Because that's a weird way to kick off your show. And then, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Ratchet and Clank, Gran Turismo are the three subsequent games they show. I was like, holy shit, buckle up, we are in for a ride. And after that, I felt like it was Haymaker after Haymaker, then catch your breath with a game like Stray where you play as this cat and you walk (laughs) through this post-apocalyptic world where everyone's a robot. Brilliant. I mean, I just bowing down to the gods at Sony because I couldn't have asked for a better showcase. That's what was most surprising. I love the PS4 start. Just like reminiscing on the old generation. Yeah, that's right. They had right. that montage, and oh, then yeah. they so they hype you up with that, and then they went GTA Five, and I was kind of along the same lines. I was like, okay, this they've sold a billion copies of this game, and it, I mean, it does at this point, it does look aged. It does, yeah. And I don't know if they said it, but or it was verbally said because you could see like PS4 in the top left hand corner. And of Pete your pointed screen. that out, yeah. And then the rest of the showcase was all ps5 mm-hmm. no ps4 yeah they made a point to say this is all gameplay from here on out is running on the playstation i was 5 just like console. cool that's what we need to see and then the start with spider-man yeah that was great it was so good and i think i also just have to continue to applaud them because it wasn't just hey here's the kind of slow introduction miles morales is almost doing this goku like kamayamiya force like move and then they, they showed Spider-Man Miles Morales. And I'm thinking, that's cool. That's all they need to show. Boom. Gameplay. Him swinging through the city, beating up on people. Yeah. Narrating what's going on on screen. Just so good. And then the next day, this is what kind of frustrates me. The next day, everyone's like, yep, typical Sony. Because they came out after the fact and said, hey, this isn't a completely new game. This isn't Spider-Man 2. They likened it to Uncharted Lost Legacy. That was kind of just an extension of the previous game. So it's almost like a glorified DLC. And I'm thinking, how is that a bad thing? If I get 6, 8, 10, maybe 12 hours of a Miles Morales DLC post-Spider-Man episode, 3 to 4 months after the PlayStation 5 launches? I'm just thinking... That's amazing. We originally thought that the second Spider-Man would be Miles Morales' journey. So we essentially get... Spider-Man 2 plus what we expected Spider-Man 2 to be. So if they hype up his story, have his evolution into Spider-Man, which I'm pretty sure was like the end cutscene or whatever, or the first one, like... Spoiler alert. Yeah. 
We should probably uh, came out three years ago. Whatever, two years ago. It's cool. It was like um, I almost said Christopher Walken. It had Superman. (laughs) Yeah. No. Um. Spider Man like jumped on his ceiling. Was like, "Yo, I'm Spider Man," kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and have his evolution of a character, and now you have two Spider Mans. What if they go into the Spider Verse? Oh. The, the second one. The potentials are endless, right? Yeah, I mean, so like... This is Spider-Man 1.5. Yeah, I'm pumped for that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's like Lion King 1.5. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Mon and Pumbaa. What's yeah, going on over adventure. there? No, I, I thought it was a great way to open up, and I don't even care if I know the actual date of when that's coming out. I just knowing that that's what it's going to look like. And the stream was, what, 1K? That's what I also want to circle back on because I'm watching this gameplay and I'm like, you know what? That doesn't that doesn't look crazy good. And here's the reason why. We're watching through our TV, Pete stream it through his screen, through the PlayStation 5 stream. So we're watching basically two or three streams within we're like streams Inception here. like streaming. Exactly. So when we see that or Horizon or Kena Bridge of Spirits on our screens on a 4K TV, mind-boggling. Yeah, I mean, my TV can play 4K, but my PS4 that's actually running it can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what my coworker just texted me about was like, hey, what are your thoughts? And he's like, you go through Uncharted 1 through 3, and then you get to 4 with PS4. And it, there's this huge leap, and he's like, yeah, I mean, the it's not a huge leap from what I'm seeing. And I kind of made that point. He was like, we have 3K more to add to this oh, 1K yeah. stream. Um, and that's kind of what I'm excited about, plus all the particles and everything in, was it Jack and Daxter? Ratchet and Clank. Either or. <laughs> well, there's a big difference there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. One of those platformers that you're hyped about. See, I always, I mean, I wanted to get back and or play those games because you, you talk about your platform experience all the time. Mm-hmm. And to see the number of particles on screen and all the reflections and just shit blowing up with crazy guns that you could rotate to and yeah. like... I was cool watching dude guy fly through portals and like Ratchet. see all these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. First of all, Clank. Even, yeah. And no, so um, watching Banjo Kazooie fly through all these portals. Oh, dude. And when Gruntilda came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And then Nathan Drake popped out and he was a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. No, so like when Spider Man was flying through all the portals and like you, you see all these in different environments, which you'll probably be able to go to. And then you see the first couple shots of his gameplay. And you're like, okay, cool. And then they do this extended like four or five minute thing where he's like actually going through a level. I, I'm really confused now. Are, you said Spider-Man's going through portals. Sorry, I'm, I'm still You meant Ratchet. Ratchet. Okay, okay let's be clear here. Yeah, so like the amount of gameplay that they showed for that, what I expected and what was actually showed was like 10 times what I actually expected. Well, and I think that's really telling that it's going to be a launch title because I think that game, I'm trying to think of something that really showcased the the power of the console when it released like Mario 64 or Mario what, Odyssey. Well, I'm just thinking of like launch titles that really showcase like even uncharted golden abyss for the Vita. I think ratchet and clank uh, something I can into the, you, you sent the, uh, the list over to me. What the heck is the Oh, name? it was a uh, rift apart rift apart. I think that game is going to launch with the system just because it's going to showcase the particle, the particle effects. I think certainly when you play this game with the with headphones, you're going to hear the whatever the heck they're advertising with their new sound mechanics, 3D sound, mechanics, sound with game, or whatever. 3D sound. But I think also it's really going to showcase 
the immediate rendering of new environments. You're going through these portals and you're seamlessly transitioning from one world to the next and everything's being rendered in real time with zero load times. Yeah. That's going to be crazy. Yeah, because I mean, that would destroy the experience. You pop through a portal and it's like, hey, do you know what the dagger or the obsidian dagger does? Here's what they said in Skyrim. And you're like, the f- why? Yeah. You're just like immediately in this other world about to get attacked. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Yeah, so that, I mean, for me, most surprising, yeah, again, just kicking it off with GTA Five almost is like a troll move. I didn't know if that's their approach. It was, but it was it kind of a bait would. and switch where it was just like, hey, GTA Five, let's go. And everyone's like, what? I know you didn't ask for this, but like, we might as well start and like lower expectations to just fucking blow it out of the water. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. Uh, yeah. So most excited to play, Ryan. What is your game of the show? Uh, I think Kino Bridge of Spirits. Hell yeah, mine too. Um, First of all, it's Kino. You know what? Vowels, they're all the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> English is a hard... Vanna White wouldn't say the same, right? She's been doing that for decades. I mean, sometimes why? Kenya. Um, so, I I don't know. It caught me off guard. Um, they're like, yeah, these two brothers, and like one was ogling the other, and they're like, yeah, they've been working on this game together. Like, he had an intense stare, the dude yeah, on the right. Yeah, I was like, dude, why the hell are you He's don't just look like... just like, God, look at that guy's clavicle. Yeah. It just looks great. Why well, even made the comment, Ryan? Why don't you look at me like that when we record the podcast? Dude, I, I look you in the eyes, and then I can ogle you later while you're not <laughs> looking from behind. Okay. So, <laughs> you're just like, please stop yeah. talking. <laughs> no, I mean... They start out, and it's this totally, you don't know what to expect. And then you see these little black blobs with giant eyes, and they're all furry and look so happy. And just the environments of that game are beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the magic and the contrast of that blue versus the greens and, like, the darks. uh, Like, when it's actually dark, that contrast is beautiful. And the gameplay looks really interesting. Super good. I mean, it reminds me of, like, a Jack and Daxter-type platforming game. It really reminded me, actually, of the uh, that new engine. Unreal 5. Unreal 5 engine. That kind of, like, you have some magical power. It didn't have the number of, like, crazy environments Mm -hmm. or, like, the statues and things, but... It looked beautiful. Well, it looked like to me like you were in very, con- not con- super confined, but confined enough where it wasn't an overwhelming open world, which is what I loved and appreciated about Jack and Daxter and the Precursor Legacy, which they really strayed away from in Jack 2, which I love that game, but for different reasons. And I too, I'm on the same, I- I'm on the same page as you. My most excited game, my game of the show was Kena Bridge of Spirits. Largely because I didn't anticipate it. It wowed me. It's a brand new IP. I went in kind of expecting, like, we'll probably see Demon's Souls remake. We'll probably see Horizon 2. We might see The Elder Ring or something of that sort. Yeah. Where this, it's it's brand new, right? I had no idea what yeah, this, this was. Yeah, this and the, the other one, like the, uh, was it Little Devil Inside? Little Devil Inside, another great one. But just quickly coming back to, to Bridge of Spirits... I have to give uh, Blink a a shout-out here because he described it perfectly in our Discord. If you're not in there, great discussions, links in the show notes. Please join the Otaku Hood. He said, It's like DreamWorks made a sequel to Cameo, but halfway through, they switched to Pikmin, which I completely agree. DreamWorks, of course, the animation studio behind the hidden... uh, um, How to Train Your Dragon movies, the Shrek movies, things of that nature... 
And yeah, Cameo is a perfect, because I mean, even the, the lead protagonist, I assume her name is Kina, mm-hmm. she looks very much like the lead protagonist in Cameo, a game that launched on the Xbox 360. It was actually a really good game, too. Yeah, yeah, it looks so good. I mean, in, in the Pikmin combat, like, I never, I never played Pikmin. It never really looked like it was catering to my gaming tastes. It just yeah. looked kind of different. I just wasn't over the moon about that combat style with, with Olimar and all the little Pikmin. But this looks like it blends it with a 3D platforming adventure in a way that's really exciting for me. I don't know. Yeah, and it looks like you have intense like sword combat with magic. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, I, I didn't expect that at all. Um, so I guess, would that be one of your three must-buys if it was day one launch? 100%. Yeah, so getting into my, uh, if everything comes out at launch, my three must-buys are certainly near launch if everything came out um, day one. Kena Bridge of Spirits, is my immediate if I could only get one game at launch from the showcase, it'd probably be that. Um, because I would eventually get some of these other games weeks or months later. Yeah. Um Horizon for Forbidden West. We'll do a deep dive on that, of course. Resident Evil 8 Village. Okay. I tweeted on the Twitters the morning of this presentation, and I had a couple hopes and dreams. I said Hot Shots Golf, because I love that series. Yeah. I said Horizon 2 because I kind of expected it. I said Demon Souls Remake because the rumor mill was strong. And I said Silent Hill because Resident Evil 8, about a month ago, there were teases that there were some leak in Switzerland that it showed up on Amazon or whatever. You know, those leaks happen yeah, all the time. Switzerland's always leaking shit. Oh, yeah. So I said, okay, so maybe Resident Evil 8, they're going to continue the storyline of Ethan, the main character and protagonist of 7, because there's a really interesting tie together with the Resident Evil lore at the end of that game that I won't get into, but if you saw the trailer for 8, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Chris Redfield of Resident Evil 1 fame. Um, but but yeah, so I didn't put Resident Evil 8 on my most hype list because I figured like... There's no way. There's no way. Yeah, Silent Hill, because that was the more recent rumor mill. Like That's got to be what's showcased. And then I said, my last hope pipe dream was anything resembling a 3D platformer. And my gosh, it's as if PlayStation read my tweet and was like, Rusty, it's Christmas in June, buddy, because 20% of the games that we're showing have some type of platforming, 3D, 2D, whatever it is, elements in the game. Yeah, you got like four legit platform. Oh, yeah. I mean, those are my three, Kena, Horizon, and Resident Evil 8. But I mean, Ratchet and Clank, Sackboy's Big Adventure. Oh, my gosh. You also have that robot one. Yeah. Astro's uh, Playroom. Astro Boy. It remains to be seen if that's going to be a VR title or not. But if it's not, day one. Yeah, I think, I mean, we have, I mean, Kina was, we line up with that. And then Horizon 2, obviously. And then I was really hyped for Demon Souls not being like Dark Souls 1, a remaster. Or basically an up res. Mm-hmm. This one's like a complete remake. Opposed oh, yeah. to a remaster. Because Dark Souls 1 doesn't look that much better than the original but this uh demon souls the side-by-side pictures like even the corridors and like the walls oh they just look amazing well it's funny because we were watching the trailer and pete hasn't played demon souls as many people haven't since launch yeah so they zero in on this uh this forested hill like cliffside and the music starts playing and i'm like oh my gosh ryan they're going back to uncharted 
this is Nathan Drake's final adventure or something like that. And then they go through all of these different environments. They went to like an ice mountain and then they went to like a broken down tower with like a pilgrimage. And you're like, okay, this could be Elden Ring. We start thinking Elden Ring and then we see the iconic, you see the nasty old, what do you even call him? The undead or the... Well, you see the, yeah, one of the undead being held by, like, that dragon as it flies, which is the opening cutscene of Demon Souls. Yeah, and so then people were going nuts in Pete's chat. Ryan and I were high-fiving each other and doing belly smacks and all kinds of craziness. <laughs> yeah. But when I was watching human the trailer, sacrifice. yeah, human sacrifices. Yeah. But when we were watching the trailer, I was like, man, that looks good. But I played Demon Souls, like, a month and a half ago, and it doesn't look a whole lot different. <laughs> Dude, fuck. And then I went on Twitter <laughs> And I saw someone post a whole bunch of side-by-side photos of the the crazy night boss and some of the environments yeah. between Demon Souls PS3 version to PS5. I don't know if you saw any of the hallway ones where you see the corridor where you have all of the plants and everything now. Oh, I didn't. But the screenshots oh, I did see, stunning. Freaking gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm guessing they're probably going to do quality of life stuff. Um, they'll probably won't yeah. have... I was watching actually a review before this. Um, where they're kind of talking about like the plant system instead of flasks. Um, you used to have like weeds that you eat, yeah. but you could hold like 99 weeds of like the highest tier. So you're basically like, you could eat yourself through bosses. Um, so I'm sure they'll tailor that and then they're probably going to have quality of life. Yeah. I mean, the interesting, interesting thing about demon souls is there wasn't these, um, frequent, uh, what am I what am I bonfires? trying to say? Yeah, bonfires to kind of help you with your progression through different levels. It was just, hey, you spawn here, all right? You have to get all the way to the other side of the map, and if you die, you're going back to the first place. See, I like that. Like each you you have a hub world which was beautiful and I'm excited to see that in HD now. Um and then you have five different worlds with the sixth world being like destroyed. Mm-hmm. And the video I was watching was basically saying like it's rumored that that was cut content that sixth world mm-hmm. and it could be like the ice realm which is that ice mountain potentially yeah. that we saw at the beginning um so that could be cool like you get not just the base game but like potentially that sixth world yeah 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 i don't know what they're gonna do because i feel like you're gonna really frustrate the diehard fans of the game if you change it too much yeah but then you're also not gonna cater to any Anyone in this new generation that's just picking up the console that never played a Demon Souls or Dark Souls game, they're going to look at that and say, that's way too unforgiving. I'm not doing that. I mean, at this point, Dark Souls is such an iconic name. It speaks for itself, itself yeah, certainly. And, I mean, this is the first game that really told players to just go fuck themselves. This is hard or you deal with it. And the funny thing is, on that video they are talking about, the guy who introduced that game, like Shohi or whatever his name was. Ho, ho, whoa. Hold on. Shuhei Yoshida? Yeah, him. He's my dude, all right? Okay, so apparently, famously, he said, like, that game was trash when Demon's Souls originally came out. I forgive you, Shuhei. (laughs) And then he, like, famously changed his position to say it's, like, a cult classic. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's a quote from him. Basically, it was like, this game is awful. Like, why do we publish it? Well, I think a lot of people probably, even FromSoft fans nowadays, would, at the time, say that game was trash because... They broke three controllers playing it. <laughs> yeah, it was a very expensive game. Game yeah. plus controllers. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited. 
um, this will tie me over for a long time. So wait, did you say your three games? Kina, for sure. Yeah, Kina, Horizon, and Demon's Souls. Okay, excellent um, lineup. I don't know which one of those I would play first, though. Like, Demon's Souls, I've trashed Dark Souls 3 enough that I'm like, I give me another hard game. Um, I can't justify going back to Dark Souls 2 and 1. It has its charm, but, like, not enough to platinum. Yeah. Um, so I think... Oh God, Kina is, looks amazing. I'd I, probably go Kina first. I think I would too, only because I think Horizon, if the first game is any indication, that's going to be a significant time sink. And I would just, I don't want to say I want quick comfort comfort food or whatever, but I feel like Kina's probably like a 12 to 15 hour game, whereas Horizon is going to be a 30 to 40 hour epic adventure. Yeah. And once I start Horizon, I'm not putting that down. Yeah, I'm not going to work. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to shower. Sleep. Yeah, yeah. And that was corn. That was a uh, furlough. It was like I'm not going to shower. I'm going to play Dark Souls three. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. Horizon's such. I mean, that world is just amazing. Once that trailer started and we knew what it was, you see the sea life. Her swimming, just- swimming underwater, riding along the beachside, and then there was one shot that reminded me of Breath of the Wild. She was riding this. Um, mechanical monster that she had tamed or yeah, whatever. Like it's this it's this shot that's kind of going back and you see this giant structure in the background. She's on the beach. It reminded me of Breath of the Wild. It was probably the graphically the most impressive thing I saw the whole presentation. Yeah, I'd agree. That yeah. shot was really well done. It was very cinematic. I mean, you got the elephants. The oliphants, yeah. At the, I mean, they're added... I think we saw like five new creatures. Mm-hmm. So you got the crocodiles that came back. You got obviously the horses and stuff. But you got that giant turtle the thing. tortoise thing. You got that pig boar thing. Um, you got the elephants. It, it just... I'm so excited. And the environment looks like you're on the... Or south. The west coast. West coast. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I have to double check. And you see the Golden Gate Bridge. Towards the end of the trailer. Just destroyed I don't know if it was in that shot, that beautiful shot, mm-hmm. where she rode across the screen, but it's going to be really interesting. I think, was it Los Angeles, a swamp, when they initially got out there? I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see that city kind of taken over. Yeah. Um, God, it's going to be such a good game. Yeah, I mean, like that's the first game I ever platinumed was the first Horizon, yeah, because I got game. so involved in the lore and like helping out everyone and understanding... like what the hell actually happened here? And I think continuing that and seeing what happens with After Hades, the events of the first yeah, game. Yeah. Hades and uh, I forget the black guy's name, but he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, it, it was a hell of a showcase. Um, you know, Ryan and I have been probably quoted as being P- or PlayStation fanboys, if you will. But I tweeted today because our buddy Nolan, he posted something on Twitter to the effect of he's disappointed in seeing the divide among gamers now, uh, even from the beginning of the year as we get into this next generation of games. One side saying, hey, I'm all Xbox. The other side saying, hey, I'm only Sony. And Ryan and I want to be abundantly clear that we were Xbox guys, at least for 360 for me. You were for... I didn't get any of the Playstations until 3. I had the original Xbox and I had the Xbox 360. Yeah. Um, and you had like all the PlayStation. So you're obviously like a crony of the PlayStations, but like 
I saw the light on the other side. <laughs> yeah, but last generation, I was I was an Xbox 360 guy until very late. Yeah. I got a PS3 gifted to me, and it comes, and I tweeted back to Nolan. I said, it comes back to the games. I'm not buying your machine if there's not compelling software. Yeah. You can, you can tout as many features as you want. It comes back to the games. And so the final topic that I want to kind of zero in on with you, Ryan, is what does Microsoft have to do next month during the showcase to potentially compete with our wallets? I think they have to do a counterpunch to this kind of style. Sony, it was so well-paced, and you saw the gameplay, and that's kind of one of the main critiques of the Microsoft kind of showcase was they're like, oh, we're going to show gameplay. And it was more just cinematic, really not gameplay at all. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they have to do 26 games and like, I mean, they already revealed their console, so they're not going to have that as like the huge, like hurrah send off to this, but like God, even 10 games done. Well, I think with new IPs, my biggest advice to, to to Microsoft during their conference next month or the end of this month, whenever it is, is do exactly what Sony did. Yeah. Learn from your past mistakes. Both Xbox and Sony had pretty terrible um reveals for their last console. Xbox won the memes for days, the recordings of Call of Duty, sports, dogs, dogs, TV, TV, Call of Duty. You know, that's They'll never live that down, all right? Yeah. So learn from your past mistakes. And I would say less the less time you spend on what we expect, all right? We expect to see Assassin's Creed Valhalla. We expect to see Halo, Madden, NHL, FIFA. Spend as little time on those things as you can and wow us with the things that are pipe dreams in our minds. Reviving Perfect Dark, Banjo-Kazooie, Long lost franchises like Fable, Blinks the Time Sweeper, Lost Odyssey, Blue Dragon, bring JRPGs back for the console and spend time on things, the games. I don't want Phil Spencer to give a 25 minute dialogue about why people need to buy Series X. Show me 25 minutes of gameplay of an assortment varied list of games that I need to buy the machine to play. That's what we want as gamers. Right? Yeah, that's Am I what, wrong? Yeah, no, that's what Sony did well. And I mean, I know you said Halo, uh, but I th- th- we know nothing. I think we only saw the Master Chief in like a spaceship with another guy. I think Halo could just... I mean, it's going to look beautiful. It's going to look beautiful. If they do cu- a bunch of gameplay and, I don't know, show us new guns. Like, we're easy to please when it comes to Halo. We like, are. explosions, guns... And then go into, hey, I mean, was it the little, the dead, like the indie games where it's very stylized. And I think that's one of the things that Sony capitalized on in this showcase. Mm -hmm. And I mean, not everything was a gameplay trailer. You got that Project Athea, Mm -hmm. which it looked awesome. Like you had a dragon with a fire skeleton body thing. And it was just a short clip of so like, hey, this is eventually coming. Yeah. And I think that's totally fine as long as it's paired with other games that actually show gameplay and be like, hey, are, we showed cinematic for this last time. Let's destroy your expectations with the actual gameplay. Yeah. I mean, you, they've had, what, a month or two at this point? Yeah. And so, also keeping in mind, like, we know Resident Evil 8 
Hitman 3, NBA 2K21. Those games are coming to Xbox. Those aren't exclusive to Sony or PlayStation. But I still think they can't show, they can't focus in on Halo as the whole thing. Because Horizon, they could have spent 30 minutes talking about Horizon, showing gameplay from Horizon. And that could have been the showcase of their show. We saw Horizon for like three or four minutes of the hour and 15 minute shows. Maybe five minutes. But it, they didn't zero in or hone in on one thing specifically. It was stretched out to show a whole bunch of things. And I'm not saying that's what Microsoft needs to do because you and I both were quoted as saying at the end of that, my God, that was exhausting. It was. I think the longest gameplay trailer was Ratchet & Clank. Yeah. It, I mean, Horizon was cinematics. Um, my, my issue with Halo right now is I just bought it like a $1,200, $1,500 laptop, mm-hmm. right? to run things on Steam. And if you have the exclusives for Xbox playable on PC, you really ruin that need for me to buy another $600 machine, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Um, So we need new IPs. Like, we're we're talking about Horizon, but that was a risky new IP AAA that they pumped a shit ton of money into. And they're like, I mean, the studio literally said, like, give us all your options for new games. Let's pick the riskiest one robot dinosaurs in like a post-apocalyptic world if xbox can take risks like that i mean the japanese culture for sony is generally not in like a not a risk-taking culture mm-hmm. i mean americans were like one of the most risky like poorly thought out cultures yeah just a hodgepodge of everything if they can take any of the like spontaneity that you have in that melting pot and throw that into some new ideas. I'm there. It could be great. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm here for games. It's not I'm here for Sony or Microsoft. If they can wow me, it's going to be tough. You know, I next generation, I want to buy in on both consoles. But right now, I don't have a reason to buy an Xbox Series X. Yeah. I want one, though. I really do. You show me Joanna Dark. You build the original Perfect Dark from the ground up for next generation consoles. And you incorporate the amazing multiplayer and guns from the original game on next generation consoles. I I might be there day one before I am for PS5. Really? I mean, Perfect Dark's one of my favorite games of all time. I I don't say that lightly. Yeah, no, that's a definitely a big statement coming from you. Yeah. Especially after seeing at least, I mean, whether these games are first day lineups or they're coming in the near future. Yeah, putting away PS5 for that fridge style xbox yeah. i i think it's it's so the way i said it was basically it's so it's for sony to lose at this point their head in this console war quote unquote because they've had the better presentation and all microsoft has to do is say hey we fucked up the first presentation we wanted to give you a teaser and that's how we fr- like we presented it, they but here's it. the main course. Mm-hmm. Kept you waiting a little too long, but we wanted things to heat up outside, and just we wanted to give you some time to ruminate yeah. on these ideas and get ready for this. And it yeah. doesn't, I mean, maybe an hour and 15 minutes, I would say, is too long. Yeah. 40, even, yeah, half an hour to 45 minutes, give us really solid, uh, give us a solid attempt and it'll be equal yeah. on my kind of leveling. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm really excited. Again, I'm anxiously anticipating what they have to show. 
And you're right. They're kind of in a good position now because they can respond to what Sony's already shown. And they can even make light of it. Like, companies take themselves way too seriously. You're just a bunch of people trying to make products. It's not that serious to be like, yeah, we're trying not to do an Xbox One kind of presentation. We gave you your first course. We've got a few more courses until we present to you. We send this out holiday 2020. I would love it. Here's the main course. You guys... We got some more snacks for you along the way. I would love it if Phil Spencer comes out and plays a 30-second clip of dogs, TV, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, sports, <laughs> yeah. sports, ESPN, and just says, like, what were we doing? What were we thinking back then? And yeah. then come out guns blazing and impress all of us. Yeah, we learned from our mistakes. You guys didn't want a console that does everything. But, hey, this is round two. We learned from our mistakes. Yeah. Here we're at. Here we are, next generation. Here's our exclusives. Here's what we think the fans, and listening to what you guys wanted, here's what we're giving to you. It's what it's all about. Ryan and I are here for it. Ryan, uh, what are your concerns about the PS5? Yeah, so I was actually thinking about this. Um, So they showed a lot of different product, and I think that was good as, like, potential items to improve the experience. Um, I believe Xbox just showed the system itself and the controller. The controller. Um, But then you have Sony who goes and shows the two different consoles, which is great. The options for that, you're going to buy either or with a controller. But you got like a headset, you got a remote. A docking station for the controllers to charge. Yeah, video camera. And my main concern is, I mean, for the last generation, you had a base experience which you buy into, Mm -hmm. which is the controller and the PS4 or the Xbox One and a controller. For this generation, I don't know if the expectation is Sony expects us to buy the headset or that comes with the bundle. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got Beats, which are like 150 to 200 bucks. And I see if you want 3D sound, or however they're marketing it, I see that being an expensive add-on when we already have headphones that we could potentially plug into our controller. Especially since Sony historically has kind of created like Apple, these proprietary products that you can't yeah. get anywhere else. The Vita is the biggest culprit of that with their memory cards that were like $120 because the initial the initial base memory card was next to nothing. So it basically, basically forced you to shovel out half of the console price to get an extended memory card. And for me, I'm thinking the console without the disk drive is probably going to debut at 450 bucks. Because if you look historically, the PS3 had two models, 20 gigs for 500 or 60 gigs for 600. They learned the PS4 straight 400 bucks. I think it only makes sense for the PS5 digital edition machine to be around 450. And then I'm thinking the Blu-ray disc drive machines 500. Okay. And then you start getting into the games. Are they going to increase in price? Are they going to be $64.99 as opposed to $60? Potentially. And then you say, okay, extra controller, probably the same price as a game. This remote, I hope that... Like, like 50 6 I think it's probably going to go up in price with all the new shit. Yeah, that's what I'm in. saying. Controllers are typically about the same price as the yeah. games. And then you look at this remote. Gosh, I hope that's not more than 40 bucks. Headphones, I'm thinking 80 and then the docking wow. station, probably 70 So before you even start talking about games, you're looking at 700 750 bucks. Yeah. That's scary. And I doubt they're going to do a game bundle day one. That's usually when, like, after sales are slowing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you going to get a disk drive one, or are you going to get the without disk? I'm really... Depending on the price difference, let's, let's just say... 
the digital edition machine is 400 and the blue ride drive machine is uh 500 if it's a hundred plus more dollars my only concern with getting the digital one i can't put my blu-rays in the machine yeah i have to hook up another console to then play my blu-rays because i have all those digital codes for those movies I'm not putting those into Ustream or whatever the heck it is. I don't have a cloud service where I have all my movies stored. Yeah, like I have Logan 4K, and if I don't get a disk drive, I can't play anything 4K. That's my biggest concern with the future of games and the future of technology. Yeah, because I don't know how, what a 4K player is, but if it's anything like the original Blu-ray or HD or whatever, they're not cheap. They're no. at least 200 My My thing or other concern is... I mean, you have, I mean, if you look at Nintendo games, they don't go down in the eShop. If you look at the games compared to Amazon prices, they don't go down as quickly as like you can buy a used game. Yeah. Right. So if I have the ability to save $7, I figure I'm at least getting like, say over the six years of this generation or for whatever it is, at least 10 games. That's a very, really conservative estimate. I mean, it's seven each at 70 bucks. You're almost making up that. I mean, if you're to buy like a digital 20 bucks versus a $10 Amazon. Mm-hmm. So like, what is the break even point between buying shit on Amazon and getting the disk drive or the base cost just digital and buying stuff only through the eShop? Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting bridge to cross here in a few months. Uh, we don't know the, the price. Uh, that was another big criticism from people on the internet. I. Listen, I, we we got way more than we ever deserved from that presentation. We don't know the release date. We don't know the price. I'm not too concerned about it. If they come out a month or two before the console's release, whatever. Not not a complaint of mine right now. We got what we needed to see, and that was a reason to buy the machine. Yeah, and I'm curious, who's going to say the price first? Microsoft. Be- are they? 100%. Yeah, they'll come out next conference. They're going to show the machine. They're going to show the release date because now... They're going to be ahead of the game because they are going to be... But I think the one that loses is the one that says the price first. I don't think so. Really? I think the one that loses the game is, is the system that doesn't have the compelling games. Yeah, and the, right now that's Microsoft. But if they underprice it, I'm just trying to... I don't know. I don't think Sony's going to underbid. But I don't know. I, the reason Sony won this presentation opposed to Microsoft is because Microsoft did the first go and then Sony was able to learn from that Mm -hmm. on their attempt. So say Microsoft counters with a really good presentation and they say, hey, we're like, it's not going to be 300. So like 450 or 500. And Sony's like, we can, I mean, loss, you're not going to loss leader right off the bat, but say 450 undercut again and we have all these cool ips i don't know if they're going to do that right off the bat but i mean it could be a strategy that they're looking at it remains to be seen i mean i don't think debuting the price and release date is the checkmate move here um again i i keep coming back to the games the, yeah. the checkmate move for me in terms of where my where my money is going to be spent day one if i do end up buying in day one is going to be is there a compelling library at launch and near launch window to buy the machine. So would that analysis be based off of new generation games or the ability for backwards compatibility? Because I think, I mean, Sony even said it in the thing was like, our focus is moving on to this next generation, which I I don't 
I don't think there's going to be backwards compatibility for Sony. I don't think there is either. So if Xbox is able to do backwards compatibility and has some good games... I'd buy an Xbox One X. Would you? Fuck the Series X. I wouldn't buy it. There's no point right now because at that point, I keep the Blu-ray drive. I have an entire great library of Xbox One games. I can play all my 360 games. I can go back and play Morrowind or, or even Battle Oblivion, Battlefront 2, Jade Empire... Bat or uh, Knights of the Old Republic, I can play all of those games on one system. I don't need to pull out my old brick Xbox. I can get rid of my 360. Yeah. There's no point at that. At that, And that's my... I, I don't want to get into this rabbit hole of discussion. We've talked about it a million times. But yeah, no, at that point, because Lauren asked me the question last night, Rusty, is it going to be PS5 or Xbox One? I'm almost leaning towards Xbox One and just waiting a year to get... The, we are, uh, even a year or two to yeah. get the PS5. Yeah. Because then I have the whole... I mean, I I bought the PS4 at, at a time where I had Uncharted 4, Dishonored, Wolfenstein, the new Tomb Raider, all of these games that I wanted to play. Yeah. So, like, right now, if I can get, during Black Friday, an Xbox One X brand new for 250 bundled with yeah. Halo Infinite or something like that, that, that's where I'm going. That's not a bad strategy to consider. Yeah. God, original Battlefront 2. Yeah. Can you imagine? I'm there for it, right? I mean, I'm curious. I don't remember how quick like the PS5s or the PS4 dropped or the PS3 drops after launch. I assume you have that initial spike for maybe like four or five months. Yeah. But yeah, I we were look. I mean, during Nolan's stream, we were looking at how much one the Xbox One costs, and it was what two hundred bucks. No, I mean, if you want to get an one fifty uh, or two hundred, if you want to get an S, which is the base level, I want the max console. Okay, right. I want to play Final Fantasy thirteen as if I'm playing an HD remake. I say HD. That game came out in HD, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Upresed. What was that price? You said two. No. So if I want to get an Xbox One X right now, I'm looking at three fifty, three hundred. Okay. At least. Um. But if I can get one for two fifty bundled with a game or two, God, do you want to camp out with me, bro? Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> like, I mean, take I'm, off some days after Thanksgiving. I'm far more likely right now to buy an Xbox One X than I am a Series X. Yeah, no, I'd completely agree. That's just where I'm at. I'm hoping they do. Ex- I mean, it's kind of a blessing and a curse, right? Because Sony has kind of come out and said, "No, we look at PlayStation consoles as a generation leap each time." We're not really focusing on the backwards compatibility piece, whereas Xbox is saying, hey, we're focusing on that. Oh, and I love the idea of like, hey, anything you buy on Xbox One, you get the free digital copy on Series X. That's great. I love that, right? But again, it's not really compelling me to buy the next console. God, they need to... I mean, during this, going back to what they need to do, they need to show things that are saying, hey, there's going to be backwards compatibility, but here's what we're going to have specifically for this next generation that isn't going to be backwards compatible. Yeah. So you like you can play everything from your old Xbox One and 360 and wherever the hell, but here's what we got. Similar to what Sony did, but add on the backwards compatibility as an extra feature. Yeah. And I think that would help sell them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I have a lot to consider. I know. it's it's, it's I mean, I want to make this abundantly clear if it's not already at this point in the podcast. I love video games. Mm-hmm. I don't care what machine I'm playing them on as long as they're good. Yeah. And right now, I want the PS5 and I want an Xbox One X. Day one. Yeah. And I, I, it's not a, a, a misspeaking there on my part. That's 
Xbox One X, not the Series X, because... Yeah, these naming conventions are throwing me off with the Xbox, because you said that, and I was like, Xbox One X, Xbox... That's the X, superior Series Xbox X. One. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Um, that's where I'm at in the console race right now. I think it's an amazing time to be a gamer. I'm so excited about what Xbox is going to show next month. It's going to be good times. It'll be good talking points in the podcast. I really would love to hear what the community, the people that are listening to this podcast right now, where are you at? After watching that uh, PlayStation press conference, I know we had a lot of people in the Discord talking, but I would love to make that an extended conversation. If you wanted to send in an email, send in an audio question, I think it would be, it'd be great to just kind of hear your counters to what Ryan and I said today, or if you agree with us, whatever it is, you know, I would love to hear what your thoughts are on the console races right now. I think it's, it's just a really special time to be hyped up about games. Yeah, definitely. But um, that's all I got, Ryan. Yeah, me too. Um, it's weird recording on a Friday. It is. It's Friday night. It's about 7 o'clock. I'm ready to uh, get some Xenoblade Chronicles going and uh, pour myself a drink and have a relaxing evening. Yeah, I'm getting up early to go shopping for a dog. Hell yeah, you are. Yeah. Your life's about to change for the better, man. I hope. I mean, this is what, third attempt, fourth attempt, maybe? Yeah. Um, I'm going with my dad. I don't know if I'm going to convince him to get a dog. Um, it's weird to think, like, a dog's lifespan is, like, 15 years, and my dad's going to be 75 if that's if he gets a dog, if that dog passes away. That's pretty crazy. That's ooh, it's weird to think about. I don't about. like that at all. No. Um, but, yeah, potentially a dog in the future, I hope. Hopefully one that likes Scooby. Scooby had a rough week. He did, yeah. I don't want to get into that on the podcast, but uh, he's doing fine. He just kind of like had a little minor medical scare, scared the heck out of Lauren and I. But um, he's doing better now. He's resting, sleeping a lot, and uh, I think he's on the mend. So nice, good stuff. Yeah. So I guess everyone have a good week. Um, a lot going on in the world. Just look up happy shit. Look up memes and uh, yeah, prepare for uh, what Microsoft has in store for us. Yeah. Again, I just want to continue to. Uh, encourage people to check out the discord the link is in the show notes below write in at otaku brothers podcast at gmail.com audio question written question anything that makes the show better we'd love to have you and we'll be back next week to talk about the last of us part two we hope everyone out there is excited to play that game and we will also be hopefully diving deep into our college years sharing about what it was like when we were walking the campus life and uh, strutting our stuff learning about calculus and yeah simpler times supply chain and <laughs> certainly simpler times yeah. well we hope everyone out there is well we look forward to talking more with you in the discord and next episode ryan any parting words for our listeners yeah just have a good safe week all right we will be back next week to answer the hate mail that we get from all of our uh, xbox listeners. join the master race of pc players that's right <laughs> we'll see you next week folks yeah bye